Here we are, folks. Welcome back to episode three of Unearned Confidence. My name's Ben, and I'm here with Kyle. Hello. Today, we are talking about the third row Tesla podcast with Elon Musk, Big Auto, and why they suck a bag of dicks, Toyota <laughs> hybrids, and why they don't make sense, and Neuro Pathways. So tell me about this beard. Oh. It's looking good. I'm, I, I didn't have, know you could grow a beard. Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't know that you'd call this growing a beard, or it's like it's just sadness. But it for for like a decade and a half of my life, maybe even longer. I was an airline pilot, and we couldn't, you know, we had to uh, shave. Oh, and there were right. some airlines that had a little flexibility on that. JetBlue did, but uh, most of the others were like, "No, you got to shave." And uh, it's just all kind of their, the way they wanted you to look and whatnot. And maybe there's some practical reasons. But I, uh, my wife is really getting into beards these days. Yeah. Not her own. But she's, she's getting into beards and she's like, uh, you, sh- you should grow that out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, and I thought about it the first time and I, I didn't quite pay attention. She's asked me again. I'm like... I know she's into a lot of these CrossFit guys. and They're and all grizzly retired veterans. Exactly, and they've got, like, these beards and everything. So I'm like, all right, this is this is one weekend, which you probably can't even see on the camera. But, um, yeah, it's coming in real real nice and gray and white and, and then, they're like, sprinkled with the pepper or whatever. But, uh, yeah. I like it. I think it looks good. <laughs> Keep growing it. I support it. She's she's asked me to go another week, and it's it's strangely for me. It's so um, such a visceral f- like feel like or a tactile thing. Like it, mm. like it itches. It itched initially. Now I'm kind of getting a little more used to that. But I'll tell you, it's it's like having a, um, you know, like a, a sober October. Like it's it's you really have to put one foot in front of the other to to stick with it. Yeah. And at least that's my my experience right now. So. Anyway, congratulations, welcome. Yeah, even though my beard sucks. No, it doesn't. Uh, uh-uh. no, does. you got one of those. It, yeah, it's, it's it super does. cool. Everyone makes fun of me. It's fine. I, I can't because I like it and I'm jealous. I got beard envy. <laughs> What's new with you, man? Same old. Yeah, getting through life. Did you see that third row Tesla podcast? Yeah, I finally did. That was like recorded the first week of. Uh, I think the first week of February or something like that. February 9th, I think, is when it was. So Yeah, and it came out in like installments. And then they finally put it, stitched it all together. It was weird. Oh, is that it, why it said um, director's cut or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, whatever. Why that happened. But yeah, it was you, good. you mentioned it, and I finally, finally watched and, of course, listened to. What did you think of it? Uh. I loved it. I was like, I couldn't even pay attention to work while I had it on. I had to turn yeah. it off and wait till I was done with work to watch it. Yeah. Um, it's like three hours long, right? Or more. Yeah. yeah. But it. I just love the way those people think. I think they're all kind of following in Elon's footsteps. Totally. I love just the pragmatism and rationality. and. No you know. doubt. I was... <laughs> so he mentioned... Um, so I guess he's just buying up all the houses around where he lives or whatever. And that the house um, uh, he was that where they recorded in is like his fifth spare house. And it's like Gene Wilder. I don't know if you know, if you're old enough to know Gene Wilder. Willy Wonka, right? Exactly. Yeah. 
and uh, and Frankenstein and all that. Awesome, just incredible, funny, funny ass dude. Right. Anyway, this is his old house, and it's like a I don't even know the square footage on it, but it's a very modest ish. Uh, I looked it. Yeah, like like um, what do you call them? Ranch house, and it but it's in Bel Air, so it's it's I think I think he bought it for like six or seven million or whatever. But I, I was just like, okay, and I, I this doesn't matter at all. This doesn't this doesn't color my view of 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 Elon or anything like that or the folks from uh, from Third Row Tesla. But he, it, it's like you know he's got a badass twenty thousand square foot home that's just like <laughs> tricked to all hell. What was the decision process to go into? Um, Gene Wilder's old house. I mean, it was just a conversation piece, um, or is this, you know, is that like is is his main residence kind of like, you know, off off limits? Do you? I mean, maybe I'm being too generous, but I get the impression that he has pretty like his sensibilities are relatable. I get that totally. impression. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't put it past him to just be into it and think it's yeah, like cool. Right. But it could also just be a very deliberate, like wanting to be perceived that way kind yeah. of move. So Well he definitely mentioned he was a fan, like 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 a legit fan of Gene Wilder, not just like right. oh I bought his house, I should figure out who he is. But like like a lot of us, he's totally, totally into the his yeah. work and all that. He doesn't seem that impressed by the fact that he's mega rich. That's the impression I get. He just kind of seems like worried about what he's worried about. Yeah, and I think that plays out in his his effectiveness. Like I I I I kind of mentioned this before that I don't think he measures the success of his life with zeros. I really don't. I mean, I I don't. I'm not going. I'm not such a fanboy where I'm like he doesn't give a shit about money at all. Clearly, he's bought five or four or five homes right there in Bel Air and. He probably has a jet and everything else, but but I think it's just part of the necessary. It's a necessary part of the equation, you know. I feel like I need five homes, so yeah. But no, I get your point. I'm joking. But yeah, uh, touche. He he, uh, <laughs> he did. No, I'm not even knocking that. I mean, again, I look at the 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 value of what he's bringing to planet Earth, and it. it I probably just whatever, whatever you want to do, man. But. Um, he covered an enormous amount of territory or, you know, like, like I feel like they covered a lot of territory in that third row. Cause it was over three hours. Right. Like, yeah. They, uh, what was your, anything that like stuck out to you that was like the most profound thing or. Yeah, actually. Um, when they were talking about zip two. Oh that... yeah. What, what his like startup company, his first startup or whatever. Yeah. That he did with uh Kimball Musk. Exactly. Yeah. He, um, it it's just like I guess maybe it stuck out to me because he was talking about being at a point in his life that I feel like I I either wasn't in recent my recent past or even am in to some extent now. Yeah. Um, and so I you know obviously it's his version of it, so it's far more grandiose and incredible than than my yeah. version of it. But um, I loved hearing him talk about the vector based mapping, in particular yeah. when his brother was talking about it and. Um, how just kind of knowing a little bit about how images work from my work, going from a raster-based map, which is just an image file, to like coordinate data. Yeah. And then the phone, or not the phone, at that point it was the computer, would actually do the processing and yeah. build the map locally 
from that data. Um, when they were talking about all that, I, it, that seemed kind of like incredible technology as they were talking about it, even though I am aware of its existence. Yeah. Imagine it back then. Oh, my God. Like the first time they saw that load, everyone – like I feel like that was probably like, what kind of wizardry? No shit. Well, do you, did you hear the bit about them going to basically yellow pages? <laughs> and this is what just I, – I laughed my ass off, and I think probably everybody else there did too. But like when, when he, they went to yellow pages and you know they were like, yeah, you guys basically get lost. There's Yellow pages will be around forever. I know it. That that just that blew me away. That that the that the the hubris of the the people that own or ran um, the yellow pages and or similar type publications felt that were immovable, and of course they yeah. moved them. It's satisfying when uh, reality works like you think it yeah. ought to. <laughs> well, and, and I think that's what gives me uh, a, a a degree of hope about you know, the human species is that it, on any given day, any of us are susceptible to being sucked into the vortex of politics and, and, and every other thing that is to where we're, we're, you know, we're fighting fights that are just going nowhere and everything else like that. And it's very refreshing to see people that they see their only purpose in the world is to solve real problems. Mm-hmm. And they just dedicate, they don't get distracted like I might. Oh, who said this and did this or whatever? And, you know, what's your point of view? Well, I'm going to counter that. They just work. And then if you're in the way, they go around you. Right. Yeah. And I, I love that idea. I do too. I don't know if it's generational or what. E- Elon's basically the same age as me by like within 20 days. Um, so, it you know, I don't know if it's a Gen X thing or... Uh, maybe a millennial thing, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm very heartened by the idea that we, there are people that just get shit done and they, they, they don't, they don't mess with all the stuff that seems to occupy all, all of us mere mortals brains. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It inspires me. Like, I think that I try to apply it and I probably only do it like a fraction of a percent compared to what they're doing it, but at least it's happening at least you know, across, I think he's inspiring other people too, to think the same way. Yeah. Um, all those podcasters that were sitting around the table seem to kind of be on that same wavelength with him as they're talking through things. They kind of understand totally the lens he's looking through. Well, I think that's the thing that is, that's a good way of putting it. Like I, I feel like personally, I am personally, uh, was somewhat demoralized, you know, over the last couple of years and, and the way we've kind of shifted what it means to to be american and things like that and now seeing this this person who sort of knew early on that he was going to go solve big big problems and he's just doing it it's it's extremely motivational yeah and i think that's why there are you know people call them fanboys or whatever and there are those certainly do exist um but there are people i would i much rather say inspired and I, you know, I fall in that camp for sure. Yeah. Um, and we, I think that when you are, especially when you're in a, when you have a business and it's time to make a decision, um, it's actually not that hard to reason through the decision Yeah. and come to a logical conclusion on what the, what the right thing to do is. Right. Um, but in my experience and what happens is you, 
you either don't have the grit to really execute it mm-hmm. to all the way through, or you start to get distracted by something else. You get worried. What if I'm wrong? You start kind of trying to hedge your bets by doing other things at the same yeah. time. And you, if you just follow the logic, come to the conclusion and stick to it and mm-hmm. don't let yourself get distracted. It's so simple. But yeah. if you do that, like you can move mountains. Totally. Well, I, I, that's definitely what has occurred with him. And it's very uh, – one of the things that I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm picking up on him is that while the, the naysayers will call him sort of full of shit, I feel like he's – He's like binary. I think he's not full of shit at all. I think sometimes he has to be a showman, and you know that's where some of the the like timelines in the past and things like that have have gotten in the way. But generally speaking, he just <laughs> breaks down every, all of his conquest into binary code, yeah, and, and says, "Here's what we've got to do. Let's put together the solution and make it happen." And then they make it happen. Right. I mean, they have to iterate for yeah. sure. He talked about the failures of various things they did uh, early on, uh, even starting back with the Roadster. You know, if you recall that conversation when they were talking about the the, the Roadster and um, his discovery that designing a vehicle is is pretty much the easy part, yeah. like relative, of course, but bringing it to pro- mass scale production is a motherfucker. Right, and he got very. This is what I appreciated about him is that you know a lot of in, you know like Fortune 500 companies are just just big established companies. They they're like so secretive about everything, and they hold it to their chest, and they're like, no, no, don't show any weaknesses. That'll that'll cause us to get pummeled or something. And he's like, man, putting together the assembly line for the Model Three basically nearly killed us. We were like. Uh, a, a mouse hair away from death, right? And that's pretty badass. I mean, that he can be so forthright um, and honest about where they were. I, I think that's what allows him to do great things. Honestly, yeah, I know. Did you? You know, you were saying um, that he's kind of a showman. And sorry to keep harping. I mean, <laughs> I feel like people that have heard, listened to all three of our episodes are probably like more Elon Musk. Yeah. Jesus. The man has enough to do. It's yeah. going to be hard to get it all done with two grown men on his dick. But Right. <laughs> but um, Lex Friedman was talking about um, that he th- he thinks... Who's Lex Friedman? Oh, sorry. Yeah, so Lex Friedman runs the Artificial Intelligence Podcast, and it's, it's yeah. fucking excellent. And he does this from MIT, right? He's also a professor at MIT. Yeah, although my understanding is that he's starting to move away from MIT, and he's still got okay. he still has some sort of a uh, an affiliation with them, but I don't think he's a full-time professor anymore. Right on. Anyway, um, yeah, very good podcast. But he was discussing Elon Musk with, I think, Jim Keller or someone, and um, saying that he, he sees him as – this guy that's sort of in a quantum state where he's this super honest, hardworking do-gooder and also just like the biggest troll on the planet. <laughs> and I was like, that wouldn't, when he said that, it kind of rang my bell. I was thinking about it. Like I didn't completely disagree, but I didn't completely agree. And yeah. it almost sort of like speaks to what he's yeah. saying. Yeah. But um, yeah, because like, Elon Musk strikes me as hyper honest. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like he uses honesty to fuck with people. Do you get that impression? Well, yes, I do. I, I don't know if it's fucking with people or what. I don't disagree with that. But I. But what the the net result is? Do you know how much Tesla spends on advertising? 
zero, basically zero. I mean, they do a little bit of video production, but they don't actually it's push a, it out. Yeah, exactly. In, in terms of the purest sense of advertising, it's buying space, right, to, to put your product out there. They, they, do, they spend time and money on marketing. But, but in terms of pure advertising, where most of the major players spend literally billions of dollars, yeah. and that's baked into the cost of the car that you're buying, yeah. they don't do it. Right. They, they across the board don't do it. And uh, I think he is, he's, first off, he's got a fleet of people out there that, that uh, Tesla U- or uh, YouTubers that, that just talk about their cars. And these people have millions of followers and they just go out there and the next, whatever update comes up, they just talk about it. And it's like gold. Yeah. And, and that's not, it's just not limited to that. It's, it's, of course, it's, it's deeper than that. But I think his uh, trolling if you if you want to call it that is really it's just they they say there's no bad press right right and I think that's legitimately true they can't they even 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 though there are things that are negative said about them or they say and and make mistakes or whatever in that regard I don't think it's hurt them yeah yeah I just but, I just had an interview with Robert Green he was saying that uh, that he thinks he all of that the tweeting and everything is his ego and that it'll be his it'll it'll be what ends him i was like i don't know i could i could i like robert green i can't believe he said that <laughs> yeah well you know he may there may be some truth to that but I, i'll be honest i think that um elon at the helm of these various companies is is pretty pretty magical and and i think that it the negativity while it's caused some consternation he had to pay a fine or whatever I think the net result of his out there and being uh, up front is people get to know that he's the short sellers can say one thing about him, but in reality, we because we have so much of him in front of us, we get to see that he's a pretty decent person and he's incredibly intelligent and he's focused on, you know, sort of his manifesto of yeah. making us an interplanetary species. Right. But we can we can get off his jock for a minute. Uh <laughs> It, you know, I want to talk about, if you're cool with this, I want to talk about why I'm why I'm pissed at, we'll call it Big Auto. Okay. And, it, you know, I've, I've alluded to this before, but the, the, there are tons of naysayers out there against Tesla. Most of them have never driven one. Once they drive one, even Kramer from... Um, What's the money show on MSNBC or whatever? Oh yeah, Mad Money. Jim, yeah, Jim Cramer uh, finally came around a few weeks ago, and and you know his the genesis is his wife or somebody got him to buy a Tesla, and then he became a a believer in the vehicle, and then he started paying more attention, and he's like, holy shit, you know, he's the one who he I think he's the first to say big oil is tobacco. Um, yeah, but. The, the the thing with big auto, as we say this, is there's some fundamental differences. It's not just the fact that Elon is the first to make like a um, mass-produced, all-electric vehicle designed ground up. That's obvious. What's not obvious to those of us who, or many of us who um, are looking at the other players who make internal combustion engines or gasoline engines... What's not obvious to us is w- how do they operate and why have there been so few players over the last hundred years and what sort of things 
um, bring them money. And what's astonishing, at least if you listen to like the, the guys from Now You Know or even Elon himself and others, is they don't really make their money, at least their big money, off the sale of the vehicles. Did you know that? Um, no. Like they, their margins are pretty tight. Um, but they make their money on service. Oh. Every time, like a, 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 a regular gasoline engine has to be serviced routinely. And all of the transmissions and, and drivetrain and the axles and everything needs to be maintained. This is, I, was, I thought you were going to say something like they make money on interest for financing the cars or something. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. Like that, that, that whole, if you remember down from Austin, they talked about the finance side of things and how that is a major, major thing. So one of the reasons why the, all of the auto manufacturers or many of them have been so anti-Tesla and, and helping to push this anti-electric agenda is the cars really don't need much service. Yeah. When I picked up my wife's Tesla, when, when she and I picked it up, I asked the guy that was there just sort of demoing the vehicle to us and, you know, getting filling out the paperwork or whatever. I'm like, okay, so when do I come back in for service? And you know what he said? He's like, it's like three years. And then, or two years, two or three, whatever it is. But it was like to get a cabin air filter. Yeah. Period. Now, obviously, I got to change tires, but that's standard across any vehicle fleet. You're going to wear them out. Yeah. Although I I suspect they're probably making a tire that won't wear out for like a million miles or whatever because Tesla makes it all. But so that's... The, the they don't require any real maintenance unless you crash them and that's the same as any other vehicle right so they're the 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 dealer network is unnecessary the service and maintenance of them is unnecessary at least but it's a massive profit center to the dealers as well as the manufacturers and so what tesla represents and why all this you know the the dealers are trying to fight them coming into states and doing all this is just because it costs less to own it. Like by a lot, you don't pay for gas, pay nominal amount for electricity. You don't pay for service. Right. And it's not down. Like I don't like my wife puts a lot of miles on a car. So how do they then keep a solvent business if that source of revenue is gone? That's the million dollar question, right? So it, they, 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 the, the, this is what everybody, and once you come to the realization that everything, everything is going to electric, you suddenly realize, or, and, and again, they must realize that, holy shit, the things that bring us all of our profit right now are poison because they're going to cannibal. Like, if we, first off. But I mean, Tesla, like, how does Tesla stay solvent? Because they 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 bring things to scale, they bring things to scale. They they meaning that, it, you know, they couldn't just continue building a handful of roadsters or even even a modest amount of Model Xs or Ss. These are expensive Teslas, and it's a very limited market. There's not a lot of margin, but his well, maybe they'll grow around. Sorry to interrupt. I'm no, just no thinking out loud. Maybe. You know, those businesses grew around that revenue source being available to them, so they built out the infrastructure to support You're it. You're talking expect- about the entrenched or old yeah, auto manufacturers? Yeah, no yeah. worries. So Big Auto evolved expecting that, so they built out the infrastructure to, to, to support it. 
Tesla is evolving without that. Yeah. So they're instead going to probably focus on, you know, on real, real pie in the sky stuff, the robo taxi network or whatever, but then also, um, autonomous driving software update that, you know, the hardware is already there. They're selling you the software. It's no extra cost to them. Well, on on third row, if you recall, Elon said that, that for electric vehicles to really, um, create a paradigm shift in auto transportation they had to they had to solve two problems autonomous driving and electricity electricity is being the first and then autonomous driving those are naturally built platforms together right and that is um it's not a it's it will it is already but will be once they're fully self-driving a game changer that no one can really touch in any meaningful amount of time so but let me let me go back to this point about the entrenched players, whether it's VW, BMW, Mercedes, GM, Ford, any of them. They all turned their nose up at the idea of EV and said it's nothing. It's we don't don't pay attention to that. It doesn't really mean anything. Those of us who have had the fortune of being involved in it by purchasing or whatever and having them and owning them know that. They're a game changer of a magnitude that I've never seen before. Like they're magical, magical vehicles in every way. Remember Kodak? Oh yeah. Remember <laughs> BlackBerry? <laughs> Barely. Yeah. Yeah. Like these these businesses thought they had the market cornered, and then some innovation comes along and changes the yeah. technology that's being used by the consumer. Yeah. And they're extinct. Exactly. You get protectionist. I mean, even even it was talked about in the third row podcast. You get protectionist, and once you become protectionist of the little world you dominate, you you it's the it's antithetical to innovation. It it really is, and you can see it. And so, right. when a player like Tesla comes in, who can from the ground up build an, a compelling electric vehicle that has range, that has speed, that has durability, all of it, ten x over anything else, um, it's very very hard to do to 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 overcome that. And if you look at the sales of, of where each of their class of vehicles, where they, you know, are in the market, the sales of the competing vehicles, like, for instance, Model 3 actually covers quite a broad range of vehicles that it would compete against. Mm. But every single one that it competes against, it's destroying, destroying right. BMWs right. and Mercedes and Volvos and um, it's just, you know, anybody that's searching in that market and they're considering EV, it's a done deal. Yeah. So they're not just competing with, with other EV players. Uh, they're, they're competing with, with gasoline engines, but I want to, I want to drill home this fact that all of the major manufacturers of auto knew and know the superiority of electric vehicles. They knew they, and they know now that Tesla has opened a Pandora's box from which there is no return. And they're, 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 they're stumbling over themselves trying to figure out how do they preserve the big pipeline of cash, which is their current ICE vehicles, which stands for internal combustion engine. They're, they're, they're trying to preserve that cash, um, the, the, the revenue flow, but they have to go EV in order to be compete. And that is a, it's not just, you, you don't just take a, a car um, and take out its gas engine and put in a, a an electric engine and a battery and it's like good to go that's all we needed to do yeah they've got to to figure out battery supplies battery storage the motors to do so 
and a lot of these, in fact, probably all of the old manufacturers, what they're used to doing is, okay, well, we need this part over here. Go find out the guy that makes that part mm-hmm. and then go buy it from them and go find this guy over here and that makes that part, this in for entertainment system, this um, uh, battery regulating system, this m- electric motor over here, and then they just sort of assemble it. Right. Well, Tesla pretty much makes it all. There's a handful of things they don't, but most everything they do, uh, and generally it's the things that matter, and now they're going to be you know making their own batteries and all that sort of thing. They Their margins will be so much better with a better performing yeah. vehicle. Every time there's a transaction between businesses, there's a cost. Exactly. And I know on third row, uh, Elon said, they someone made a comment like, it's so smart of you to vertically integrate like you've done. And he goes, <laughs> it was literally vertically integrate or die. Yeah, yeah. Some of the, some of the little quips he had. Oh, we're um, so great. Yeah, like when he was say, when they were talking to him about how, well, you know, the stock price is doing so well now, and I'm sure that's going to really help fund R&D, and blah, blah, blah. And he was saying, like, that's not how it works. Yeah. And he literally <laughs> said it like that. It's he, he so matter-of-factly uh, to, the, to the kid with the beard there. Um, yeah, it's not how it works. Yeah. Gally Russell, who is awesome and has great questions. For sure. Um, so I'm not knocking him. He's smarter than I am, but... Uh, that that moment was badass. He was when he leaned back and he's like, "It's not like I'm, it's not like I'm um, looking around with my staff and going, ah, what are we gonna do with all these resources?" <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. It's it's they're 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 using them. They're, now again, I think it was brilliant that when the stock was up to nearly nine hundred fifty dollars a share, that they uh, they they pulled a, a couple billion dollars out of the market. Oh, that was sick. So smart. And yeah. now that I don't, I'm guessing that that'll probably fund Gigafactory 5 in Texas or wherever it's going to be. Yeah, or just make sure they can ride out the storm if we do, in fact, enter a recession. Yeah, I mean, they have they have options now. Yeah. But it won't be um, spent willy-nilly. It'll be very strategic money spent uh, to, to uh, like you said, either survive or proliferate. Uh, what they're doing and all that. So it yeah, was. Yeah, and if you if you did if you didn't see the podcast, uh, his response to that was that it's not like there's some factory somewhere that's just churning out excellent engineers. Where is this factory? <laughs> exactly. Uh, the issue is talent. It's not resources. Absolutely. I I think that 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 applies to pretty much every business across the planet right now. That sure. anybody that wants to to move the needle on you know any any grand idea you have to have superior talent the best talent yeah i often have a fantasy in my business that um artificial intelligence will be able to be this infinitely scalable <laughs> talented thing that yeah. is under my control but that's probably somebody's got to build that i know yeah so the, <laughs> the the talented people are overdoing that right now when they're done when they're done, hopefully then it'll make my life easier. Right on. Yeah, funny. So, uh, like, I, I want to go back to a couple of things that are interesting to me. And I, I'm not trying to beat up on big auto, but there's so many misconceptions in America. One, that Tesla's not an American company. It's an American company that builds their cars here in America. The one that I'm driving built all here. You can't say the same if I go buy uh, even an American auto manufacturer. Who says they're not American? <laughs> oh, I hear it all the time. Like if you're on some, you know, board looking around where people are like, you know, that are anti-Tesla, they're like, oh, you, they don't understand. Like I, maybe they just think California's foreign. I don't know. But it's it's a ridiculous thing that people think 
that the only American companies are the ones who've been around for 100 years, but it's actually the ones who've been around 100 years that have circled the wagons, making it hugely difficult to enter the market um, that I have the biggest problem with. And in fact, it was Henry Ford, at least according to the guys from Now You Know, that it, it, I don't know if he's the pioneer of planned obsolescence, yeah, for those of you who are not familiar with that, but it, basically it's the concept of planning for things to fail so that you can go and be the the person or the entity that fixes and repairs and gets that revenue. Yep. Um, and when he made the the assembly line and all that, that's what we that's the general narrative we hear. But what we what really ended up happening was they used you know, cheap parts and uh, learned how to be everywhere to fix these things on a regular interval. And that became the profit center instead hey, of making... So Henry Ford was involved in planned obsolescence, like the, the creation of that idea? That, so I, I don't think that they, they necessarily formed a, a, a conceptually themselves the idea, but they implemented it. I mean, they, that's what they did was, was... In effect. In effect, exactly. Um, so... Uh, what's what's upsetting is that these really smart companies are making it look like they're 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 ready to capture the problem but the the, the thing is that companies like BMW keep making these prototypes um, that are what we call vaporware like it's a prototype it's an image or it's a prototype and it, it never comes to fruition but it makes it look like they're doing something to address climate yeah. change or be a, a, a an earth player and like making something good for us. But, but in fact, they're just building these mock-ups and then they keep moving the goalposts. Well, we'll have it this year. Well, we'll have it this year. V-dubs, another one, even though they're, they look like they're getting close, they still haven't produced one, not one right. fully electric vehicle. And it's, it's just this game of, they thought they would be able to like crush Tesla and then they would go away, and but they could still look good by having hybrids. And the only thing that – if you can build a hybrid, you can build an electric vehicle, or at least you have the, the potential to, yeah. not suggesting it's easy. But you have the potential to. And instead, they make hybrids. And do you know why that is? Uh, is it like a tax credit thing or something? Well, no. I mean, I, no, not for them, certainly. But it might be offsetting their their emissions, so that's a real thing. But But in reality – uh, a, a hybrid needs just as much service as, oh, as a see. regular engine. I misunderstood your question. Yeah, well, I didn't phrase it very well. But but the the point is, like, te, te, uh, to, Toyota in particular, again, they made it look like they were really serious about hydrogen, but that's gone nowhere. They're, yeah. they're not a, they're, there's no practical hydrogen cars out there. There's no practical refilling stations for hydrogen. So it was... Uh, it looks like it was just platitudes. Like, yeah, we'll we'll make it look like we're doing this thing, but all the while we're Which, just. You know what? Sorry to interrupt. I would love no. to get a super pro hydrogen dude on here. I just want to talk to him and understand it more. Yeah. Like, well, I do is, too because is I, there, I. Is there a contingency that supports hydrogen? Hydrogen does that exist? I think. Or a there constituency. Are, <laughs> I don't know what the made-up word was, but that's all right. I do it too. I, I think that there are people that aren't really close to the industry that that understand the science of 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 using hydrogen as a form of energy for propulsion of a, you know basically creating electricity. Yeah, there are certainly the people that understand that, and they can see that that hydrogen's plentiful and you can do the math and say oh, yeah that's a that seems like a solution but 
the reality of making it happen and practical on a grand scale is extremely challenging. Eventually it gets solved someday if we need to go that route, but it's, it's really, really challenging. But like what, what Toyota has done is they've got this, they had this little side project of, of hydrogen that they got nowhere. I don't, again, I don't I can't say matter of factly that was purposeful, but they didn't go anywhere with it. And wherein they could have just gone right into electricity because that's the obvious path. And instead, they're just promoting these these, these um, Priuses, the hybrids and things like that, which I've owned one, you own one. They're relative gotcha. to, well, relative to, to a big F-150 that obviously didn't serve the same purpose, but, but a lot of people drive those around as their daily drivers just to get to and from wherever. They represent a, a meaningful reduction in. I've said this before. Yes. Meaningful reduction in their their fuel consumption. Yeah. But when you when you amortize it out, first off, they suck to drive. They they still require the same amount of maintenance, if not more, because now you have two powertrains or two different types of energy yeah. uh, units inside them. And uh, th- they did it to keep that whole service module going. Yeah. And that sucks. But and they maintain know the optics that we care about the planet. Exactly. That's the precisely it. So for, for, for those of you who are confused out there, know that the auto manufacturers all know that they're in on a big ruse. It's the truth. They're in on a big ruse. I, wa- I don't want to see, like, if they all start producing EV cars in earnest, I would still get behind them because I ultimately care about the solvency of the planet. But, man... I am of the ilk that's like, fuck you. I would bet my left nut that they were aware of this with the EV1. Yeah. Like, this conversation happened. Why else would GM destroy all of those vehicles that people were starting to go, holy shit? Yeah. Like, (laughs) they, they they held a candlelit vigil. And they crushed them. When they crushed them for a a General Motors product. (laughs) And Elon goes... Have you thought about doing the EV2? <laughs> There's the troll. Yeah, I uh, love t- it. I know it. Yeah. Well, so uh, there are there are that's just touching on it. The other thing is is that, you know, a lot of the auto manufacturers when I'm saying they kind of, you know, uh, outsource a lot of their stuff. One of the things that they have n- not necessarily outsourced in mass are their engines. You know the 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 auto the entrenched auto manufacturers are real proud of their 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 gas engines or diesel engines and the the things that they create and they have made them on their own, and they've 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 extracted efficiency and power out of as much as you can probably get in any meaningful way. They've 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 extracted about as much good as you can get, and it's still nowhere near. It's it's not even on the same planet as electric engine, but or motor rather. But why don't they change? And and again, ag- according to the folks at uh, Now You Know, and just anecdotal stuff online, um, that the the big auto manufacturers have two to three hundred billion billion with a B dollars invested in those powertrains. And so the 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 phrase, if you're a if you're a math guy or um, excuse me, a money guy, you'd say those are stranded assets. Sure. Yeah. That means when they go all EV if they ever do or whatever, that shit's gone. Like yeah. it's 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 uh, it's gone. Stranded asset means you cannot recoup that value because you're 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 scrapping it. Right. 
So yeah, uh, you, you either got to swallow the pill and and accept that reality and move forward. Yep. Or you're gonna fucking die. Right. And that's the situation they're in. And it, like I think it's clear what what path they've chosen at this point. Yeah. Well, anyway, a beat up on that. We've talked about Elon. We talked about big oil, big auto. Um, I I I want to ask something, and I don't know if this is something you are, are keen on or know much about. I don't really know the science behind it, but you know, I've talked in the past about you know growing up in rurally in Indiana and and growing up around tractors and in farm country. I grew up from basically birth being in and around antique tractors, regular tractors, um, all sorts of machines and have had a strong, strong connection to them. Like as my identity growing up was all these just amazing mechanical devices that sounded cool. I loved the smell. I loved the, what they could do, what they represented. And, and I still do appreciate what, where they got us as a species, like where, the the internal combustion engine got us is is really important to me yeah. um but as i as i started to as as the as the veil was lifted as they say and i started to see the harmful effects and that there are solutions out there that are so far superior in in nearly every way i my brain started to change yeah. I don't know if it's chemistry, the physiology, what, what's what's happening in my brain, but but basically I could the 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 fondness that I had, the obsession that I had as, as a gearhead for mechanical things and motors in particular, um, has been displaced by a fondness for electricity, motor, uh, electric propulsion, electric motors, and all that. What the fuck's going on in my brain? Like, do you have any clue there? Like, did you have resistance initially when, when you started kind of thinking about this? Was it like, or when you were first exposed to maybe Tesla or electric vehicles in general, was there a resistance? Well, it wasn't Tesla because Tesla came out with a fucking beautiful, sexy vehicle that I didn't even know was electric when I first saw them. This is probably 10 years ago and I, or not that far long ago, but, but like more than five years ago when I saw the first model S and I'm, I'm like, that's the most beautiful vehicle I've ever seen. But like, I, I want to go answer that question and go back. So I wasn't very old, but I was born in the 70s. So I was a kid when the oil crisis happened. And there were attempts by like, you know, engineer types that had no design sense whatsoever to build something. They were just trying like everybody, you know, they had, you know, lead acid batteries that were heavy as fuck. And these little, you know, ugly pen headed turds, like, think of Yugo only uglier. Yeah. And um, so, no, I like when I saw them, it was like, oh, God, like, oh, that's never going to go anywhere. Yeah. And and that, that was, again, one of the genius ideas of Elon was to go. He understood the idea of creating a compelling electric vehicle. Right. Compelling means it's beautiful to look at. And it is. It's safe. It's fast as fuck. It has range. You don't pay for gas anymore. You charge at your house or at the supercharger network or whatever. Yeah. So I got enthusiastic after Tesla made it so. Sure. Well, I think, I mean, I think that 
a lot of people experience that, but then a lot of people also experience a continued resistance, even after seeing that, mm-hmm. um, the, the Tesla product. And it's probably because there's more to the story for them. They identify maybe with, you know, the right hand side of the aisle where, um, it's, there's, there's just more entrenched personality resistance. Right. Yeah. And so they're not going to look at it objectively. So like stuff like this, <clears throat> there's, um, I'll try to, I'll try to make an argument here. I don't know how good of a job I'll do, but, um, there's a, there's a study that's been repeated multiple times, um, on patients that had an operation done called a corpus callosotomy. Okay. Corpus callosotomy. I can remember the word because it has sodomy in it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the corpus callosum is this connection between the left and the right hemisphere of the brain. Um, and they sever that in people that have hardcore epilepsy and it can control the seizures quite a bit. Um, and people that have this, it's very rare, but the, uh, they've been studied extensively and there are these repeatable effects that you can expect, especially right after the surgery. And one of them is that, um, for example, like you can cover one eye, the side, the eye that is taking the visual information and putting it to the side of the brain that does not process language Mm -hmm. is particularly interesting. So here's one experiment. They cover the eye that has a connection to the language center and they allow the eye that does not have the connection to language center to view a picture. And they show a picture of say a chicken. And then they um, take the picture off the screen and they ask the person, what did you see? And the person says, I didn't see anything. And they go, okay. And they hold up five Mm -hmm. pictures, one of which is a chicken. They say, can you point to what picture you saw? And they point to the chicken. And they go, I thought you didn't see a chicken. And they go, well, I saw a chicken on my way over here. So I pointed to the chicken because, and they have a story. And this is super reliable. And I think it demonstrates, it's easy to kind of say, well, this is a person that had their brain cut in half. This is just a symptom of that. But I think that it's actually evidence of the fact that the human mind is this hall of mirrors. Mm -hmm. The neocortex is much more of a slave to the limbic system, which is your emotional center, Mm -hmm. than, than is, than feels self-evident. And so we're, we're, we're coming from this default of bullshitting ourselves and trying to make an excuse for some intuition we're having, some emotion we're having, right? Yeah. So if you've built this identity that is, you know, can you relate it to like the tractors of those motors that I'm talking about? Like, yeah. If, if you've built this identity that's super right wing Mm -hmm. or, or, or some other version of, of an identity that's resistant to an electric vehicle, you're, it's going to, it's going to create this resistance to actually look like make like accept the truth and look at the facts instead you're going to make up a story for why it's bullshit uh-huh and you're protecting your ego in a way yeah you know what i mean yeah for I sure i think we all do that yeah i don't think anyone's free of that totally well that know. makes sense and and maybe that is what's what's happening there what i just know matter of factly is again i you know loved where and how I grew up in, in the country and, and, you know, being able to go out and do anything. And I was just, again, obsessed with all of the antique tractors that I was, you know, the farmers near us had. And, um, and, and that, you know, it was a a source of great pleasure to, to even reflect upon that. Uh, and it, it informed me later in life, you know, being obsessed with cars of all sorts, which, you know, from everything from the posters you hang up on your wall when you're a kid of a Ferrari or whatever to, 
yeah. uh, you know, Mercedes, Audi, BMW, Porsche, and everything else just had a, a real, like, I, I could go on and on and on about them for, for, for days. So I would guess that you approach your, your automatic impulses with a little bit of skepticism. Like you probably don't just assume you're right. If you generally, yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And, and that's probably why you were able to adapt to a new worldview quickly. Yeah, maybe. And, but I, but I will, I have to say, um, there are, if, if Elon had made a Tesla, like if, if the one I saw in Denver back many years ago was, you know, uh, a me too car in aesthetics, like some little piece of, sh- you know, not piece of shit, but like a, 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 a non-compelling Corolla design from like 2006, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't have cared. So it, it was a, it was a process. The aesthetics of it didn't turn me off. So I leaned in. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then as I started hearing people talking about them and I still didn't even really appreciate. Everybody kept saying they're so fast. They're so fast. Like, who cares? I don't drive around that fast anyway. I've got kids now, whatever. <laughs> it wasn't until, and this is coming from a guy who flies jets. Uh, the acceleration out of a Tesla is the closest thing to a jet turbine acceleration that I've ever experienced in my yeah, life. Yeah, no shit. It's relentless. Yeah. No, it, it just keeps going and going and going. So it they captured me little by little. And, and that was before I knew anything about Elon, before I knew anything about Tesla at all, other than just the anecdotal, you know, hearing people talk or whatever about about it. But it was the aesthetic. St- it started with the, the visual to me. Yeah. Well, and I think another part of this conversation is personality profiles. And you right. probably have high openness to experience on yeah. the big five and people who don't like aren't going to be open to new information and right on. How do you get through to them? I don't know. Yeah. Well, everybody has their, their portal, right? Yeah, It's going to take time. It's figuring out what those are, but well, at this point, uh, I think we've talked ourselves to death about Elon for the moment and big auto and, uh, even neuro pathways. You want to wrap it up from here? Yes, sir. All right. Well, there we go. (laughs) 